Queen Anne's County Commissioner's meeting. This is a public meeting that is being aired live on our local cable television station, QAC-TV7. These media broadcasts provide county citizens an opportunity to watch and review our scheduled public sessions. To comply with the governor's proclamation declaring a state of emergency in Maryland to minimize the person-to-person -person spread of COVID-19, we suggest that citizens stay home and watch the county commissioner's meeting live on our QAC website at www.qac.org live or on QAC TV's television channel, Atlantic Broadband Channel 7, and now in high definition on Channel 507. To maintain social distancing, seating will be limited to accommodate uh, social distancing guidelines. We are screening all meeting participants prior to entering the building. If you have any respiratory symptoms <coughs> such as fever, cough, and or shortness of breath, please refrain from attending the meeting and notify a health care provider. We acknowledge your participation, and by attending, you acknowledge that this session is both recorded and aired. The scheduled agenda is available on the information table just outside of our meeting room. Press and public comments will be taken and is limited to three minutes. If you care to speak, you must sign the sheet on the information table outside. Comments longer than three minutes can be submitted in writing to the Commissioner's Office for review. Citizens may also join the live Zoom meeting by going to www.qac.org slash public comment and email or they may email comments to public comments at qac.org. We will accept comments up until the end of the meeting and read those comments at the end of the meeting during the press and public comment period. During the meeting, we would ask that you turn all electronic devices off and hold personal conversations outside of our meeting room. We will now stand and be led in the Pledge of Allegiance by Commission President Jim Moran. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. If we can remain standing for a moment of silence for the passing of Supreme Court Justice Ginsburg. Thank you very much. Okay, Commissioners, we just had a closed session under Section 3-305B7 of the General Provisions Article to consult with counsel and under Section 305B, Section 1, to discuss personnel. And we did reach some consensus on some mission-critical positions to fill some vacant positions. Um, we looked at one position, one full-time position for mm -hmm. economic development and tourism, along with uh, four or five part-time positions uh, for that department as well, so they can open their visitor center. Um, two animal services technicians, a senior planner for the Department of Planning and Zoning, and a network engineer for the IT department. So can I get a motion to approve those? Motion to approve those additional job positions. Second. second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. All right. Thank you, commissioners. That brings us to the approval of today's agenda. Today's agenda for our meeting on September 22nd, 2020, and the regular and closed session minutes from your September 8th meeting were distributed electronically for your review. Were there any additions and or corrections? No desk Nope. I think we're good. Motion to approve the agenda and minutes. Second. Motion to second. Any discussion? 
All those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? So moved. All right. Thank you, commissioners. That brings us to our first present public Tell comment me. period. So I will read this just in case we have somebody out there. Thank you for taking the time to express your views to the county commissioners during this public comment period. Comments are limited to three minutes in length. Comments longer than three minutes should be submitted in writing. When you come forward, please speak clearly at the standing microphone. State your name, address, and topic of interest. Keeping with the dignity of the office, we ask that you express all views in a respectful and civil manner. We respect your desire and right to convey your message freely and ask as a courtesy to the board and our citizens that you respect the commissioner's request and refrain from naming citizens and name-calling when offering any critique. So do we have any folks here? We have nobody signed up. Bruce, have a clean slate. Clean slate. We are clean and clear. Moving forward. Okay, commissioners, we have a public hearing at 6, so we cannot start that until 6, so we can do a few action items. Yep. And then we will stop at 6 and have our hearing. Tab 3. Okay. If you want to turn to tab number three, we have 16, I believe, 16 action items this evening for your consideration. Um, first one is on page number one, tab three, page one. This is a response letter to the Caroline County Commissioners accepting uh, their initial, initial conditions to continue hosting the Midshore Regional Landfill until approximately 2050. And this is a response letter to that. Um, their conditions were that we would um, make any host payments or fees, which would be determined in the future, uh, beginning in fiscal year 2022. And those payments would um, continue for a minimum of 20 years. I move to approve the commission president sign a Midshore Regional Landfill 20-year extension letter to the Caroline County Commissioners. <coughs> second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion? Well-written letter. Todd isn't. Well written. I mean, this is right to the point and addresses everything, so I thought it was outstanding. Any other discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. All right. Thank you, commissioners. Item number two on page three is a uh, USDA grant agreement, economic development and tourism applied for a $30,000 uh, rural business development grant for rebranding of our county. And... Um, this is the acceptance paperwork for that grant. Its uh, total budget is $40,000. The grant pays for thirty, dollars and we had a $10,000 match in the uh, economic development tourism budget. So we'd like a motion to accept that grant. Move that forward. I move to sign the grant agreement and related documentation for the $30,000 USDA RDBG grant to fund a marketing study and rebranding for Queen Anne's County. Would somebody entertain me with the idea of what rebranding our county really means well right now we're uh, live work play oh. so we want to revisit that and decide what we want to be going forward and and we discussed uh, we talked a little bit about this at the Kettner's Development Foundation meeting this morning and they actually are pretty excited about it um, the folks on that board and and looking at the possibility of a partnership um, in the rebranding process and possibly taking a look at rebranding um, the Kent Narrows and uh, Development Foundation, even right down to the point of their logo as well. So um, I, I, this, I think this is a, a great idea. Um, you know, I think it's important. You know, we're updating our comprehensive plan that's coming on 10 years old or it's just over 10 years old. And, and I think we look at an opportunity to... to rebrand our county and, and, and what this county has to offer. 
um, I think it's I think it's a, a great idea, and and certainly the timing could be better. Thank you, sir. Very good. Any other discussion? All right. Seeing none. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed. So moved. Thank you, Commissioners. Item number three on page 25 is a, um, a letter of support. The Department of uh, Community Services Housing Division is applying for a an, uh, Maryland Energy Administration low to moderate income grant to receive 134000 in grant funding. This is a support letter to go with that, and this would be for LED lighting and upgrades to um, HVAC units and refrigerators at some of our housing authority properties. I move to approve. I move to agree to sign and submit the attached letter of support for the Queen Anne's County Department of Community Services Housing Division's application to the Maryland Energy Administration Low to Moderate Income Grant Program. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion? Seeing none. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed. So moved. All right. Thank you, commissioners. Item number four on page twenty-seven. This is a resolution twenty. Dash 29, and this is a revision to the program guidelines for critical workforce housing. And uh, a good story with this, um, our uh, Mike Clark, our chief of um, the Division of Housing and Community Services, was helping out at the EOC when he learned that, um, that paramedics, the definition of paramedics, wasn't included in the original program guidelines. And uh, it was no oversight originally, but it was something that was an oversight, and so they weren't eligible for this program. So this resolution corrects that and adds them to that list of uh, applicable recipients for this uh, this loan. So I want to hand it to Mike for making that adjustment. I move to approve resolution 20-29 to replace the emergency medical technician to Department of Emergency Services EMS clinicians employed full-time in Queen Anne's County for eligibility to the critical workforce second mortgage loan program as amended in Exhibit A. There's a mouthful. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion? So, you know, in, in conversations that I've had with Scott Haas uh, over the years, and I know that Commissioner Steve Wilson as well, and, and Jack for that matter, you know, retention is, is something that we, we're constantly challenged with when it comes to um, our paramedics and, and the ability to work uh, in our county um, and live in our county as well. And I think this is long overdue. Uh, and, and it could add in uh, a benefit piece to um, retention for our paramedics after they get the training and then they go off and they go work in another county. And now we're stuck trying to find those, backfill those positions. So I think this certainly helps in the retention. Well said. I agree. Yeah, it does not diminish the, uh, the ability for other individuals, teachers, law enforcement officers, correctional officers, any emergency dispatcher, EMTs, volunteer firefighters still are able to apply. This was just an, an additional piece that we wanted to add in that we thought was part of the program initially. So, any other discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. Yeah, let's go to hearing. Go to the hearing? Okay. Yeah, let's go. All right, we'll break there. That's item four. We'll go to the uh, public hearing. Next, uh, it is uh, 6 o'clock, so our first one is uh, County Ordinance 20-04, and I believe County Attorney Patrick Thompson is uh, coming in the room to uh, administer the hearing. I think we're just about on time. My watch is slow. Your watch is slow, okay. 
Uh, this is for accessory right. dwelling units in the resource conservation yes. area. Are you ready? Yes, sir. This is a public hearing uh, being held in county ordinance number 2004, a bill entitled an act concerning accessory, accessory dwelling unit provisions in the resource conservation area for the purpose of making accessory dwelling unit provisions as outlined in both Maryland Natural Resources Annotated Code Section 8, 1808.1 and Comar 2701-0205 consistent with development standards and resource conservation area and a dwelling unit definition found in the Code of Public Local Laws of Queen Anne's County by adding Section 14139 b 2 Development Standards and Resource Conservation and amending Section 18 App Definition of Dwelling Unit found in the Code of Public Local Laws of Queen Anne's County. This hearing is being held Tuesday, September 22nd, 2020 at 6 p.m. in the County Commissioner's Meeting Room, Liberty Building, 107 North Liberty Street, Central Maryland. The Planning Commission sent a favorable recommendation to the County Commissioners regarding the proposed amendment. Copies of the ordinance have been available at the County Commissioner's Office during regular business hours and online on the county website. To comply with the governor's proclamation declaring a state of emergency to minimize the person-to-person -person spread of COVID-19, citizens have been asked to participate via email, live video, or audio. Speakers will be limited to three minutes each. Written testimony of any length can be submitted all before the hearing date to the county commissioners. All hearing sites are accessible to individuals with disabilities. Sign language interpreters and assistive listening uh, systems are available for individuals with hearing impairments. Part of the record of this proceeding will be the recommendation of the Queen Anne County Planning Commission in the form of a memorandum from Amy Mordock dated 23 June 2020. The, uh, approval of the State of Maryland Critical Area Commission and a certificate of publication indicating the notice of night's hearing was published in the Record Observer in Bay Times, the newspapers of general circulation in Queen Anne's County. <laughs> Any public comment with respect to County Ordinance 2004? No comment. So we have no comment whatsoever via internet or in person, so we'll close press and public comment. Moving on. I'll leave the record open for two weeks and we'll vote yes, on sir. that on, uh, I guess, October 13th. Yes, three sir. Weeks, three weeks. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. This is hearing on County Ordinance 2011, a bill entitled An Act Concerning Updates to the Building Code for Queen Anne County for the purpose of bringing all codes in line with the most current state and federal, federal editions, International Building Code, International Residential Code. International Mechanical Code, International Energy Conservation Code, National Fire Protection Association Fire Code, National Electric Code, National Standard Plumbing Code, Illustrated and National Fuel Code. Defining substantial improvement for purposes of automatic sprinkler system installation, providing for a digital seal submittal option, increasing the penalties for violations, and generally dealing with an updating Chapter 10 of the Code of Public Law of Queen Anne's County by amending sections 
10.1 through 10.7 of chapter 10 of the Code of Public Local Laws. This hearing is being held Tuesday, September 22nd, 2020, 6.05 p.m. in Canada Commission Meeting Room, Liberty Building, 107 North Liberty Street, Centerville, Maryland. Copies of the ordinance have been available to County Commissioner's Office for normal business hours and online on the county website. Citizen participants have been asked to participate via email, live video, or audio. Speakers will be limited to three minutes each. Written testimony of any length can be submitted on or before the hearing date to the county commissioner. All hearing sites are accessible to individuals with disabilities. Time I have to interpret listening systems are available. Uh, part of the record of the proceeding will be a certificate of publication indicating a notice of tonight's hearing was published in the Bay Times, the Record Observer, on three successive weeks prior to today's date. Day public hearing. Vivian, do you have anything you want to no, say? No, that was it. Mm -hmm. Do you have any public hearing? No comment. Public comment, I mean, with respect to the we have no public comment, so we're going to close public comment, and we'll hold this for two weeks and vote on the 13th. Okay. Thank you very much. Hey, anyway, thank so you. nice to see you. Nice to see you, too. Thanks for Vivian. stopping by. Yes, thank you, Vivian. Good to see you. Yep. Vivian, is, is, are you going to, are you planning on having Alan here uh, yes. on the 13th? Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. <clears throat> All right. Commissioners, that concludes our hearings and legislative session. If you want to flip back to... Action items, tab three, we're item five. And that was page 32. And this is a uh, request from the Department of Parks and Recreation to purchase two Kawasaki, Kawasaki mules, four by fours, from Talbot Power Sports in Easton using the CARES uh, Act funding. And there is allocated money in there for this, and that'll help them to uh, patrol the our nature preserve areas and trails to uh, make sure we're exhibiting all the proper social distancing uh, criteria out there in our parks. So before we do the motion on this, I just got a question real quick. Um, on these units, they're pretty good size and they're full of drive. Shouldn't we be looking at getting plows for them for the um, cross island trail and all so they can be dual use in the winter because we can't get big trucks back there and even down at yeah. the parks it wouldn't be bad to have plows on these things where they can get yeah. back on the trails and actually clear them for people we certainly can we certainly can well actually um i will check on that if we can if we can purchase the plows under the cares act we can do that we may have to get those as an add-on using our um Whatever. I'm just but certainly to I'll make them dual yeah. purpose rather than yeah. just be park ranger stuff during the summer. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's got to be easier to get them on the cross island trail and all the plow than it is to do any other things, mm -hmm. snow blowers or anything. So hey, we'll, we'll, we'll make a motion for what this is right now. And I move to approve the authorization of uh, the Department of Parks and Recs to purchase two Kawasaki Mule. SX 4x4 from Talbot Power Sports in Easton, Maryland. Total amount of funding requested is $18,745.96. Funding to come from the CARES Act. Okay. Do we have a motion and a second? Any discussion? Um, to Jack's question, uh, how familiar are you, are you with this piece of equipment? I mean, is it, is it got capacity to put trash cans and garbage and stuff into the back of it? Oh, yeah. They can dump gates on yeah. them. They're, They're nice. They got the dump bags there. Mm -hmm. Okay. Nice. Yep. Yeah. Okay. 
And then the John Deere HP. We're not, they're not, that's not. No. No. Okay. Not this. All right. I, I just. We purchased this equipment, and we bring on staff, and we do all these things, and there needs to be a noticeable difference in the in the eyes of the public. Um, I mean, it's. I mean, it's no secret we're spending a fair amount of money on equipment and staffing. However, it's needed. And, and so don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm just saying it, it, the point I'm trying to make is that if we're going to be spending these kinds of dollars, there has to be a noticeable difference and improvement in what our citizens are actually seeing. And I'm getting positive comments about our condition of the trails after they've been repaid, the new Cross Island connection. People are excited about that. I myself use it and see a large amount of people that are using it on beautiful days. Um, so there's a classic example of spending the dollars in the parks and recreation area where we're seeing noticeable impacts on, on those tax dollar uses. Now, I know this is CARES money and it's different from tax dollars money, but the perception is still there. Sure. So I would just make sure that, that we continue to improve uh, the conditions of our parks and our landing areas um, and also to include um, the Kent Arrows Marina, because I know we're having some issues and problems down there. Again, a large part of it is enforcement, and we understand that. And of course, you need the staffing for the enforcement. But I know we're raising the bar here, so I would just make sure that that our citizens see results from all this expenditures. Very good. Any other discussion? Seeing none, we're uh, we're moving to authorize the Department of Parks and Recreation to purchase two Kawasaki mules. XX, SX 4x4 from Talbot Power Sports in Eastern Maryland. Total amount of funding requested is $18,745.96. Funding to come from the CARES Act. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. All right, thank you, Commissioners. Thank you for letting me read. Uh, item number six on page 39, also tab three. Queen Anne's County 911 Center Renovations Construction Contract Award, and we have our Department of Public Works, uh, Chief Engineer Lee Edgar and Scott Haas, our Emergency Services Director, to present these bids. You want to make a motion first to get started? I move to award the 911 Center Renovation Construction Contract to NCON Corporation of Bladensburg, Maryland, in the amount of $1,360,000. And authorize Director of Public Works to issue the notice of award and execute the contract on behalf of the county commissioners. Let me do amend that. We had a last minute change on that. Can you please uh, restate that? The different different vendors. Delmarva, especially Delmarva Veterans Builders of Salisbury, right? Yes. No, I haven't. Uh, You want to go all right, I move to award the 911 Center Rest Renovation Construction Contract to Delmarva Veteran Builders of Salisbury, Maryland, the amount of $1,353,900, and authorized Director of Public Works to issue notice of award and execute the contract on behalf of the County Commissioners. Thank you, Commissioner. Sorry about that. Done. Can I get a second? Second. Thank you very much. Discussion? Not from me. 
Well, I'll start it. I mean, Scott. I, I, yeah, I just wanted to. So, I, so the numbers I see from the original bids to the award price is about one hundred and twenty thousand dollars different. Which, which it's not much. That? Well, no, 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 no. I'm talking about. I'm looking at Delmarva Veterans Builders bid here, and then what we're awarding it for. There's about a hundred and forty thousand dollar difference. Do we know what that is? Correct. So, uh, give you just a little bit of background on it. We have uh, we received eight bids for the project. Uh, five of the eight were quite tight. Uh, the, the first one, as you can see in your summary, there was very clearly not responsible. Made a bad error. The second bidder, upon notifying them, had indicated to us that they had made a significant error. Uh, as a result, their bid also was not responsible. We then went to Delmarva Veteran Builders. They're the third bidder. Uh, did speak with the estimator. He is very much confident with his numbers. They're good. Um, you will note that there is an ad alternate that we put in there to ensure that the project came into budget. The primary focus of this work is updating the 911 call center. Most all of it there in the building is original, 20 years old. Uh, the acoustics are not very good. It's an opportunity to improve that. New consoles, increase the number of consoles from six into eight. Additionally, the building does need a new roof, and um, we had another project to do that. We put it all in one with an ad alternate for the roof. Now, the basis of award excluded the roof. We were only going to include it if everything fell within budget. Fortunately, this has fallen into budget. Even more fortunately, the third bidder, Delmarva Veteran Builders, when including that ad alternate for the roof, their price is actually lower. Okay, so instead of the 183, they're at 140 on the roof, basically. Just Correct. Like that. Okay, all right, makes sense. All right, well, I, I guess, Jonathan, you might need to help me walk me through this, because as we look at this, uh, you know, the funding is coming from approved capital budgets, all the way back to FY19, uh, emergency services building HVAC renovations, and I mean we are we are. I guess I'm kind of confused that we're using money for the air conditioning to redo the 911 center and the roof. Well, they're combining the two projects, but it will include, well they can probably explain it, but they're including renovations to the building in addition to the 911 center. So they're just sort of doing both projects in one. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but it, you know it looks like there's. FY19, 20, and 21, all HVAC renovations, and, you know, they're totaling over $540,000. Is that correct I'm reading this? Yep. That's correct. So $540,000 of the, the $1.3 million is, was designated for air conditioning. Are we doing air conditioning? Yep, that, that's correct. And forgive me because I did not identify that the additional element of this work is the HVAC. It is part of the base bid. We did break some of those out, so we knew what those costs would be. And indeed, most all the bids for the HVAC are falling in that four to $600,000 number, which is pretty good because that's in line with the cost estimate so we, that we So have. you've combined the two projects because I thought originally, wasn't the 911 center almost a million dollars by itself just for the, the upgrades in there or no? It's right there, 963750 almost a million dollars. Yeah. Oh, so, so that's okay. almost a million, yeah. Well, that's, I guess, well, then I'm confused. If that's almost a million dollars just to do that, it's not 400 and some odd thousand to do the air conditioning, and then where's the money for the roof? But, you, but your bid's under, you're under your budget by f almost 400,000. I understand that. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I guess to me, I'm making a point that 
again, we have four hundred or five hundred and forty thousand dollars for air conditioning, and if the, if the air conditioning portion of this is five hundred forty thousand dollars, or if it's less, that's fine. If you're telling me that's what it is, it's, it's coming in at three hundred thousand. You've got one point three million in change between the roof, the nine one one center, and the air conditioning, and I, I'm just. Yeah. They've got another. What is on here is anticipated disbursement. So they're anticipating another $200,000 from the emergency number system score. So that is kind of what brings it up to about a million five. So, I mean, it sounds like the project's coming in about 20% uh, lower. So you're, but you're counting that money as you're going to receive it. But that takes you to one seven, though, Jim. That's what I'm saying. So really? the pro yeah, the project's, what I'm hearing from you is the project's about 20% under the original budget in terms of what the actual bids were. Because they were at one, I'm looking at 1503 was the initial budget. For everything, right? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. So then, the two hundred thousand is the nine one one fees, the additional nine one one fees. So it really gave you one seven, but you're coming in at one three. So you're basically about four hundred under what your total budget could have been for the projects yeah. combined. Yeah. That is exactly correct. And yes, the HVAC does take up a significant component of this job, of which. The primary work of that renovation is in the call center. And, you know, we, we felt that there would be a great deal of efficiency, both in terms of staff time, putting the projects in one, efficiency for the 911 call center, let's do it all at one time, and also with the idea that general contractors will be able to get a better price out of it all because we're mobilizing one job, not two. Or in this case, three, when you have the roof, the 911 call center renovations, and the HVAC. So... We are taking those two projects, those two accounts, merging them into one. We have it all within project, and we are very pleased with the numbers. They did come in very well, and we do anticipate that the state numbers board will be contributing a significant amount toward this project. Per the budget, it's not necessary, but we are looking forward to it, and that would leave us with a significant surplus. So we're, knock on wood, very pleased. Well, we're, we're going to do the same thing we did with DPW. The surplus is going to come back to us, to the, to the general fund, and for reallocation. So, very good. I'm, I'm happy with it. Very, very good. I'm glad that's to see That's a great it. job. I mean, 20% off the initial and then yeah. getting the other money kicked in, that's fantastic. Right. And, and I'm glad to see because, like I said, I, 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 sometimes I struggle with us putting money in FY 1920 and, and we don't spend it, and then that sometimes we pull some of that back, where now it's being lumped together as one project, which is fine, but I'd like to see us doing that more in the future versus... You know, we just want to peel some off and set it over here, and in three years, hopefully, we'll have enough to do it. I'd rather do the project and, and move on than, than that, but that's that's another day's battle. How are we doing uh, on 911 um, d dispatchers and, and staffing that? Are we where we need to be? Currently, uh, we are where we need to be. We, we have uh, one position that was recently filled, and we've got a full complement in the dispatch side. And I appreciate you approving the, the one position so we can get a film. Good. Any other discussion? All right. So we are moving to award the 911 Center Renovation Construction Contract to Delmarva Veteran Builders of Salisbury, Maryland, in the amount of $1,353,900 and authorize the Director of Public Works to issue a notice of award to an, and execute the contract on behalf of the County Commissioners. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner. Have to enjoy your vacation. Right. How, long, how long is the project going to take, you think? How long, how long are they going to be in the basement? April. <laughs> really? Oh, that's good. That's, that's pretty quick. Okay, mm -hmm. good. Well, the assessment, the, 
one of the criteria for the project is to do it outside of hurricane season. So they're starting right at the end of hurricane season and supposed to have it done before it starts up. There you go. And that so coincides <laughs> coincidentally with beach traffic, so that's a four good thing. So. You're doing a four-month schedule on that. They're over there now. Four months around? Right. November. Uh, six, six months. April. That's yeah. part of the deal with yeah. everything out. Right. Everything right. have a clear working space. Wisconsin. Well, no, I mean, yeah, definitely with all that work going on. Well, that's great. Okay, thanks, gentlemen. Thank you. Okay, oh, thank commissioners, you. Uh, our next item is item number seven on page 41, and this is a, um, a broadband survey to rural businesses. And this was put together by the um, folks in, in IT. And they're requesting approval to circulate a broadband survey questionnaire for the farming and business businesses in rural areas. I move to approve the circulation of the attached survey to gather information as it relates to the need for broadband in the county's rural areas. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion? I just wonder, is this the time, Jack? I should talk about we should have our own util utility company. But let's let's uh, <laughs> let's wait till after the, the taxes come in in October before <laughs> we talk. Okay. Okay. Got to have money to do that. Right. There you go. Okay. <laughs> so we have a motion and a second. Any discussion? Seeing none. All those in favor, saying the vote, saying aye. 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 Opposed. One absent. Right. Thank you, commissioners. Item number eight on page forty-four is a series of uh, seven. Resolutions for nuisance violations, tall grass, and this was submitted by our zoning administrator for your consideration. 3809 Graysonville comes up again. Your house again? <sighs> it's vacant, though. That's a, I'm glad you put that on there. I appreciate that, putting the status of what the houses are on there, because we never had that before. So yeah. if you look at them, most of them. I move to approve resolution 20-41 through 20-47 to place a lien on each of the properties listed in the county zoning administrator's memorandum dated September 22nd, 2020 for nuisance violations. Second. second. I have a motion and a second. Any discussion on this topic? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. Five. All right. Thank you, commissioners. Item number nine on page 99 is a series of proposals to perform an audit of the Housing Authority. We're going to hold that. Remember? Hold that table. Yeah, this hold one. That. Okay, we'll table number nine. Okay, moving on. Item numbers, the rest are just budget amendments. Items 10 through 16 are budget amendments. Um, item number 10 on page 101, actually the next uh, four, these are all budget amendments uh, involving CARES funds to our area of aging. The first one, uh, CC11, is for support services in the amount of $25,754 to increase that. Motion to approve CC11. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion? Jonathan, this is just uh, housekeeping to take basically CARES funding and plug it into where it needs to go to be spent. Is that a fair assumption? Um, yes. Okay. Right. It's for department aging, other benefits for eligible clients. Correct. Right. Okay. That, is this a planning any money, Jonathan? Well, it's not supposed to, but in aging, it seems like there is going to be some narrow fund savings from the care 
Okay, we have a motion and a second to approve CC11. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. Thank you, Commissioners. Item 11 on page 102, again for the Department of Aging uh, CARES Act. This is for nutrition services in the amount of $37,178. Motion to approve CC12. Second. We have a motion and a second. Again, this is, so this is uh, basically the accounting by our uh, Department of Aging, taking the time it took for those people that were on the nutrition issues and we were able to bill it back to the CARES uh, fund. Well, this is actually additional money that went to the microphone. Oh, I'm sorry. That there was some uh, CARES money that Department of Aging got that was really outside of that initial Part A and Part B that we got. So it's really, this will enable them to provide some additional uh, my understanding, this would be home-delivered meals that they can do. Okay. So it's really over and above what we have. Okay. And this can be spent all the way through September 30th of 2021. Mm-hmm. So this is additional funding for that. And these, all these amendments are for those, those funds to be available to us up until September 21. Good. Very good. Okay. So, again, there's a motion and a second to approve budget uh, amendment CC-12. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. Thank you, Commissioners. Item number 12 on page 103 is Budget Amendment CC13, also for the Department of Aging CARES Act funding for restaurant services in the amount of $24,631. And again, through September 30, 2021. I move to approve uh, Budget Amendment CC-13. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. Thank you, Commissioners. And our last one for the Department of Aging, um, CC14. This one is for uh, also CARES funding for family caregiver support in the amount of $12,583. Again, I approve, make a motion to approve CC-14. Second. A motion and a second. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. All right, thank you, Commissioners. Item number 14, page 105, um, Budget Amendment CC15, and this is for the uh, parks, parking lot paving, and this is an amendment to establish budget authority to spend an additional $53,000 to repave the Bats Neck Park parking lot, and we approved that at the last meeting. Motion to approve CC14. 15. 15. 15, I'm sorry. Second. Second. Yep. Any discussion? This is much needed. Absolutely. Much needed. The problem is there's been a fire at the Bramble plant. So they're hopefully they're going to move forward with the curbs, I believe, next week. But the paving might have to wait. Depending on when they get it fixed, they'll either get paved this October, November. But if it gets too cold, they'll have to wait until spring just because they have to fix the plant. So that's where that sits. So we have a motion and a second to approve Budget Amendment CC15. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. Thank you, Commissioners. And our final two budget amendments are for items we've approved either tonight or last week. Uh, The first one is budget amendment number CC16, storage buildings. This is a two-part amendment which provides funding um, for the uh, Department of Public Works building and renovation uh, building out there and increases the spending authority for that project by $97,784. And it also reduces the 
the original budget for the emergency shelter storage building project because it was replaced with CARES funding, as we know, which now makes it available for the Public Works project. Very good. Move to approve budget amendment CC16. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. All right, and our final item, item 16, budget amendment CC17 on page 107. This is the emergency service building renovation. We just talked about that with Public Works and Director Haas. And these are the two projects we talked about combining to uh, fund that overall renovation project for the 911 Center and their HVAC. Uh, I'll make the motion to approve budget amendment CC17. Second. I have a motion and a second. Any discussion on this item? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. Commissioners, that's all the business we had for this evening. We can um, try again for press and public comments. We're about on schedule. Bruce, you got anything? Quiet night. Quiet there. There's nobody signed up. So, round table it is. All Who would like to go first? One or four? I'll go. They're both Wilsons. <laughs> okay. No, he's two. He's two. One or two. Four. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Correct. I'm looking this way. We got the table. Anyways. Uh, so, I'll go. I only have one item, um, and I think Phil's going to probably add on to it anyway. So, uh, not unless you do a great job. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so, so I've gotten some calls recently. Obviously, with the COVID, we've we've had some problems at our parks. Uh, you know, with overcrowding, people doing things that we not necessarily um, are what we'd like to see. And it's been brought to my attention that down at Waterman's Way, where all of our watermen park their boats. Um, there's been some issues within the last probably month uh, of people going down, getting on the watermen's boats, fishing off the watermen's boats, um, leaving a lot of trash behind. Um, and basically, uh, my biggest fear is for the watermen, that's their livelihood. Mm -hmm. Someone goes on one of their boats, gets injured, they're going to be liable for it in the end. Um, to the extent that I think the county, we need to step up, and uh, my first suggestion is, and, and I've talked to Phil about this, is we need to, at a minimum, put no trespassing signs up on the pilots to make everybody aware that they're not supposed to be out on those piers, they're not supposed to be on other people's boats and that kind of thing. Um, and I wanted to take it a step further uh, to even uh, have some kind of uh, enforcement in, in, via a fine on it, whether it's $100 if you're caught down there. Because, you know, one of the things in talking with the sheriff about it, there, there, you, there's really no teeth to doing just a no trespassing sign. Um, you can go down and, and shoo them off and, you know, arrest them or do whatever he can, but it's, it doesn't really have any teeth. Is it a good deterrent? So, you know, I really I, I feel for these guys. You know, I've, I've gotten pictures sent to me of them coming down on their boats and having to shoo these people off their boats. And beyond that, I don't want to see any conflicts down there because, again, <laughs> you, you know, watermen – they're going to protect what's theirs. And, mm -hmm. and so I think it's something we need to take some action on and, and try to remedy that problem for them. Okay. I think one thing you could do down there would be to put video surveillance on. Well, I, we're working on that too, Stevie. That, that actually is in the works, but I think that no trespassing actually gives no, something to say that, that you're not supposed to be there. Yeah. But we are working on the video there and, and as well as some of the other fishing piers and all too, just to be able to have that kind of, yeah. So I, 
I don't really think we need a motion for it. I just hope those, the those things are in the works now. I did speak with Director Steve Chanley at the uh, Parks Department about the trespassing signs, no trespassing signs. We can add that. Also, the sheriff, and we are working on the camera surveillance systems as well. So we will. Yeah, so the only thing we would have to take up is if we wanted to establish some kind of fines for mm -hmm. uh, illegal uh, fishing off of those boats and all that. So it's something we could think about and bring back to the next meeting or whatever. But okay. that's it. All right. Very good. Number two. Mr. Wilson. Uh, something we didn't do in closed section or otherwise was discuss this letter, <coughs> which is a desk item or in the book. I can't tell you, but it struck me and I think Todd Ma, maybe others, that there's a bit of confusion out in the public as to whether we are responsible for opening classrooms. Also, there's not good general knowledge at this point of the healthy financial situation of the county, which I think when you have a nice piece of information like that that people are concerned about is a good idea to distribute. So several of us have worked on a letter which I would like to approve to mail out or publish in some way. Uh, I guess you all have seen it. It's here as a desk item. And, uh, it does three things. It, it announces that the finances of the county are in good shape despite the downturn in the economy, which is something a lot of people are not aware of. Secondly, it distributes the, I don't want to say the responsibility for education to the proper parties, not us. And thirdly, it brings up the health issue, and that is really unusually good in this county because we have either zero or one person in the hospital which out of 50,000 people is remarkable. So I think as a, just as a measure of information to the public and politically it's a good idea to send this so I'm asking that we approve this. Make that motion. Okay. I hereby move that we send approximately this letter. There's a typo or two in it, but uh, that we uh, send this out as a mailing, actually, because it, it gets a lot of attention. Okay. It's a good idea. We have a motion? I will second that. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion? I, I think it's right on time. I do. Um, it's a change it, it, of season right now. You're going into fall. You don't want to do it at Christmas. This is the time. Well, and, and, and not so much seasonal on time, but you know, there's a lot of speculation and, and guesstimating about uh, the condition financially of our county, where we sit health-wise. There's all kinds of numbers out there, you know, regarding confirmed cases and deaths and things like this. And I think it's kind of a, a, a state of the county, if you will, as to where we are and, and dot some I's and cross some T's and gets rid of, the, you know, the folks that are out there speculating how good we're doing or how bad we're doing. And it addresses... You know, three or four important issues that, that are going on here in the county, and I think it's right on time there. Thank you, sir. I think one thing, you got a letter actually in the mail, a rather poignant letter from a lady who was suffering with their children at home in the last couple of days, mm -hmm. saying, would yep. you guys please open the schools? Well, that's a thing that needs to get answered. Mm -hmm. Very good. But I would also like to add, that I would like to see it put out on all the social media, uh, right. besides just a mailing, because yeah. a lot of people... 
don't pick up the mailings, but they do are attracted to social media for some strange reason. Mm-hmm. So, Marge, you can transfer that to our letterhead, and we can get it signed, and, and we'll, we'll post that. Bruce will do a good job of getting the message out. <laughs> and so, to fo- I guess my turn? Yes, it is. So, to follow, kind of weave in with um, what Commissioner uh, Steve Wilson mentioned about the virtual learning and the letters that we're getting and the emails that we're getting from parents who are going through some some difficult times and trying to adjust to this home virtual learning. <clears throat> I have to tell you, um, we're going through that ourselves in my household uh, with my youngest, um, trying to adjust to the whole virtual learning thing and, I, and read these letters that come from our citizens sharing their, you know, the, what's happening in their households to the point where it's, it's deteriorating the family foundation. Um, you know, siblings are arguing and, and uh, husband and wife are disagreeing and there's just a tremendous amount of frustration. So I, I guess to my point is that um, I think it's important you continue to send your letters and emails of frustration and concerns with the way the virtual learning is going for some of our students and drive home the importance of getting some of our students back into the classroom format, especially the ones that are struggling the most or with the families that don't have that ability because mom and dad both work and there's no one to oversee that the child is really completing the schoolwork that they need to complete. Um, So continue to send those letters and emails. uh, Direct them if you want to the county commissioners as well, although it's really a board of ed decision. Um, and moving forward and how we're going to do that. But I think that uh, sending those letters to them, hopefully we'll, they'll, they'll see the frustration that's in our citizens' eyes and the, the parents of the uh, children that attend our schools. Um, the other thing that I had was to um, just to pick up with where Jack left off with the Kent Narrows. Um, you know, the Kent Narrows is, is a, obviously a destination point um, in the county. Um, we have a lot of great restaurants and some hotels there, um, and it really is uh, a, a focal point for tourism in our county. And, and uh, without being said, the um, the amount of um, revenue generation that comes from there. So I, I, I'd like to see my fellow commissioners um, join me in focusing on improving the aesthetic value, um, staying on board with making sure that that, that it always looks its best. Um, putting this in necessary resources uh, to um, make sure the grass is cut and, and, and that every part of the, the Kent Narrows, north and south, always looks its best. People have to feel like it's a place where they want to come and visit. Um, I know there were some times there where Baltimore's Inner Harbor was a great place to go and, and, and uh, you know, discussions of how the city leaders have let, you know, the Inner Harbor go a little bit and, and it, what people didn't feel safe going there and I just don't, I mean, that's the opposite end of the spectrum, but I, I, I just want, I want my fellow commissioners to really focus in on the Kent Narrows and the importance of making sure that it always looks its best uh, and that we dedicate the necessary resources uh, of staff and equipment and, and, um, and monies to ensure that the Kent Narrows does always look its best. That's all I have. Thank you. My turn? Yes, sir. Okay. Um, well, I, I guess with the, the passing of Justice Ginsburg, uh, 
what I'm about to say might have a little bit more importance. We always talk about the importance of people being educated and voting and how important that is to American society. But another extremely important thing that every citizen has the opportunity at some point is to serve on jury duty. And we're starting back up. Jury duty, you're going to be getting notices out there. The court is going to start holding jury trials again. I believe QAC-TV will be doing uh, a clip on what precautions have been taken for COVID-19 to protect you. So I would encourage anybody who gets a jury notice um, not to shy away from it because of COVID-19. There are precautions that are in place for you. It's an extremely important thing that you do. If you don't have, whether it's a criminal trial or a civil trial, if you don't have a proper jury pool in there, justice gets delayed. Um, and whether it's civil justice or criminal justice, that, that shouldn't happen. Um, there's already a backlog of cases that need to be dealt with by the court. Um, and so just encouraging everybody, if you get that notice, people didn't want to do jury duty before COVID. I'm sure they didn't want to do it now. Give that a second thought. Pay attention to the segment that's going to come out from QEC TV and make sure that you do that. That's civic duty. It's one of the more important things you can do. Um, and having a, a jury system out there is one of the greatest things that we have in our democracy. It's extremely important. Um, and then lastly, um, I found out that uh, due to COVID, busybodies on Ken Island will be closing. And um, I know all three of my kids had many birthday parties there, and I'm sure a lot of other uh, parents and grandparents have attended birthday parties at Busy Buys in Ken Island. So um, I want to say thank you to Mr. Andy for all that he's done for all the kids that have had their parties there. It's sad to see that close. Um, I'm hoping maybe they'll find some way to, to turn that around. Probably difficult considering that kind of um, venue is just you know not being used right now. But it was quite, a, uh, I think, a labor of love for him, for the community to make sure the kids had something like that. And it's very sad to see that closing down. Thank you very much. Oh, where do I want to start? Uh, let's start with our beaches. Our beaches. Um, right now, last weekend was the last weekend where we were posting and controlling the, the numbers in the beaches. We have lifted the restrictions, so the beaches are open. There are no more restrictions at this time for how many people can go in. Uh, we're, we're thinking we're past the peak time. Uh, we are. Last night we had a proud meeting. Uh, a couple of committees were formed. One of the committees is to discuss what we're going to do next spring with our one beach and two nature uh, trails. I mean, we don't have, they're not considered all beaches, they're, they're nature trails. Shouldn't be fishing out there, shouldn't be swimming out there, should be walking through just the nature trails, but that's something we're going to have to address. Uh, today, uh, I met with uh, Steve Chanley and some of his staff with the state and DNR up at Langenfelters uh, to look at possibly a new fishing location. And uh, unfortunately, uh, that's not going to come to fruition at this time because uh, DNR is up there and, and they need the entire facility for what they're doing in, in their training and exercises. So it would have been a great location, but uh, we are still looking, hopefully, to find some other location in the county to relieve some of that pressure, especially at the Kent Narrows. Uh, so that's uh, one of the things that uh, the uh, Parks Department is working on. I will say, uh, Commissioner Dumanel, to your comments about the Kent Narrows, maybe it would be a good idea to try and find out what kind of revenue the Kent Narrows actually brings to the county. Uh, I mean, because it is, it, it is a, a destination point. It's a destination point for eating, restaurants. I mean, that's really, that's all. We have, you know, a couple, you know, boat 
facilities there, but it's, a majority of that is all restaurants and eating. And, and uh, you know, it, it, it does merit some things, but some things I think that the, the Cantoneros Foundation could take care of themselves. So, you know, I, I'm all for helping them out and, and, and doing that, but uh, that's just something we need to take a look at. Uh, speaking about traffic, because this is the traffic chair, Yesterday, excuse me, Sunday, we had our second over 10-mile backup in three weeks. Uh, I was in contact with Secretary Slater during the, that episode, uh, and I had <coughs> some couple of proceedings at my house, and everybody that went home at 5 o'clock uh, said the same thing to me. They called me an hour and a half later when they finally got to the bridge and said it's the steel plates. People are crawling up to the steel plates. Once they bump over them, away they go at 50, and... And this gets back to the issue we had last fall with the the deck replacement. Uh, you know why there is 22 joints that need to be replaced, and there is still I think 12 to go. I think I think I counted them today. 12 to go. Why aren't we doing joints on both sides of the main span at the same time? If you're going to slow down for two, you might as well slow down for four. You know the only silver lining to COVID is there's less traffic with the exception of two of the last three weekends. There's been less traffic, so we've been able to, you know, handle it. Next year, if COVID vaccine, God willing, and things get back to normal, that traffic's going to come back with a roar. This project for these, these uh, joint replacements is not going to be done until the fall of 21. So, you know, we're going to deal with this all next year also, and that was my... You know, in, in the brag, I mentioned that. And yesterday, I mentioned that, that why aren't we doing four of these at the same time? Cold weather's going to come. They'll stop doing them. They'll pick it back up at the end of March, April of next year. More steel plates to deal with, which in turn is going to be more backups and, and more frustration for, for county residents. I will say there is a plan for the traffic. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to, I don't want to talk about it right now until the state really comes out with, with their full plan. But, they do have something that they're, they're going to be trying next year to help alleviate the issues on Sunday afternoon and evening. Uh, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt for now, and, and hopefully it works. And uh, we go from there. Uh, other than that? So, um, Jim, I, you know, we, when we were dealing with the, the redecking, mm -hmm. um, and, and it seemed to me that um, there was a tremendous amount of frustration and angst. There was... Peter Franchot was very public with mm -hmm. his opinions about how that was being done. And, and then uh, we got our governor involved. Well, and, and, and our governor, I mean, we worked day and night. We, you know, I mean, they, they sped up the timeline from two years and they cut it in half to one. You know, maybe, maybe we're, we're, we're staring at a letter from this board to our governor, you know, uh, pleading with him to, to act like he did when they were doing the redecking for these, um, these seam replacements? Well, it can't hurt, for sure. I mean, and I will say that anybody that travels the bridge a lot, you know, Jack and I, we cross it almost every day, but if you sit in the right lane and look at the center lane as you go up to the, you know, you're going westbound on the eastern shore side, look at the amount of patches in the center lane. Look at the amount of areas that the deck is failing. And I've asked that question, and they said everything's fine, but I, I, when that deck, the third lane was redecked, there were no patches in that center lane. Drive up there now and look. And it's just, it is, it, the degradation is, is accelerated. So I wouldn't be surprised if within the next two to three years, that center lane is going to have to be done. I mean, it's that bad off. Yeah. Uh, 
to me, this plate issue is literally crazy because if there was a one or two foot wide slope transmit transition, which, right. which Cahoon, we asked them for, Cahoon and I drew these damn things up and sent them to Pines and got no response to it. And those things could be bolted into the ground, and then when they lift the plates out to work at them at night, they could stay there. Mm-hmm. And then you just drop the plate back in. And when they do the other bridge, they could use them for that. But this, there's no reason for that transition to be three inches wide. It's no help at all. I agree. And we've said it on the brag. Complicated and problem. So, you know, maybe, maybe it's time, like you said, to, to write that letter. We're getting towards the end of the season. The weather's going to change. But, you know, again, you know, the, I don't know the traffic wouldn't slow down still to hit them because some people just are, are terrified. Maybe it's all the stuff they have on their on the roof and everywhere else. They hit the bump and off goes the, the, the lawn chair. But, you know, I, I, you know, I guess that's a concern. And, uh, you know, but again, you know, to me, anytime you're going to disrupt any type of traffic on the bridge, you need to do it in the least amount of time. And I don't know why we have two sides of the main span. We cannot work on both of them at the same time. Nobody's been able to give me the answer to that. Just as in the way they, they write the contract, this is the way they do it. So we're going to see that. And, and again, we're two years away from them to start redecking the eastbound bridge. And that's supposed to be done modular. So hopefully that'll be at night. They'll be just cutting and replacing, pulling sections out. And, and that won't be an issue. But, uh, you know, we're a long ways away from the completion of the railing. The painting's finally done on the second, uh, the false channel. So the painting's done. All that rigging's gone. And that's a good thing. But those railings... <laughs> Your, your famous railings that you see, <laughs> you know, still look like, you know, they need a lot of help. So, let me, so let, me just inter- let me just interject here that at our next meeting on October 13th, that is our CTP MDOT tour. It is going to be via Zoom, so we'll have a, an opportunity to address all these things, and we'll make sure that they're ready to um, respond to the problems we're seeing out there Very on the good. bridge. So be yeah. prepared for that. Yeah. That's at our next I mean, like I said, you know, the, the, the removal of the toll booths was great. I mean, just, you know, I, I look at it this way. You know, we hear a lot of things from the Western Shore, and, and, well, Anne Arundel County has the, you know, the peninsula, and it backs up, and, you know, that's true. But, you know, the, just the, the information alone, I think that accidents are down almost 40% eastbound because there's no stopping and going at toll booths. So it's reduced it, so we've had less backups. Who here thinks that in the last two weeks, two 10-mile backups going eastbound wouldn't have everybody and their brother up in arms? I mean, you know, I'm just saying, you know, we had that one major backup of 10 miles when they were redecking that uh, third span or that third lane. And that's when Francho and everybody else came out and, you know, they were up in arms and they tried to put, implement contraflow back in, which was a nightmare and a disaster for Queen Anne's County. And here it is. We've had two, back, you know, two out of three Sundays with a 10 mile plus backup. It's just it's crazy. And it's just not going to get any better. And you know, we, it goes back to, you know, we've suggested the contraflow, the, the staging, and, and some of these things. But Secretary Slater is willing to try some of these things, and that's why they're getting some things together now, and, and hopefully we'll see some improvement next year. So with that being said, who wants to make the motion? Motion to adjourn. Second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Thank you very much.